somebody I don't know it just came right just like that I went really Lord <laughs> and 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 the word is just very simple it said it's gonna be all right don't fret don't worry I am with you it's gonna be all right because you are in you are in my plan and you have obeyed me <laughs> gonna be all right Whoever it is. Thank you. Amen. Thank Hallelujah. You. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So well, you can be seated for a so second good. here. And ushers, I'll just let you pass out the envelopes. Um, and we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. And I'm just going to probably say one scripture here about, well, it was from last Wednesday. We said the same thing. It says, let them ever shout for joy and be glad. And be glad. <laughs> Let's try it again. <laughs> yeah, let them ever shout for joy. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because you favor his righteous cause. And when you do that, you are blessed. Exceed you have no idea when you obey God and when you do what he wants you to do and, and follow him and, and do what, what is right in the righteousness of God. You get blessed. You get protected. You, there may be a car accident. The devil was setting up for you and he can't do it. I'm not kidding you. I've seen that for years. That, okay, let them ever shout for joy who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord, see, you can't even say let the Lord unless he is your Lord. Let the Lord, <laughs> oh, it's really fun to stand up here, but nobody's listening. <laughs> Let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified. Okay. Let them ever shout for joy who favor my righteous cause. Let the Lord be magnified. <laughs> he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. <laughs> prosperity. He said prosperity of his saints. Who are the saints? 
Why? Because we're born again. Yeah, because you're born again. I'm telling you, nobody told me that <laughs> for 40 years. I'm just going to say it again. Nobody told me you have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He, uh, our life became much more prosperous from the 40 to the 82. <laughs> because we favored his righteous cause and obeyed him. I was just talking to Lonnie about something and I, about something else that, um, but, um, not just now, but before, but, you know, I remember I went back and did a refresher course. I have my Bachelor of Science degree in nursing. Okay, so I went back and did a refresher course at Fremont Hospital here, and I aced it, and they put me on the floor, and then they wanted me to be the supervisor of the floor, and, um, <laughs> right, I was a Christian about that time. That was 1980 or, yeah, around that time. But you know what they were doing? They started putting me on weekends. And I went, God, I so crave to go to a church where I can learn something. I crave it. And the money was nice. <laughs> it boosted us up. I quit. <laughs> it just wasn't worth it to me. But, you know, you've got to make the right decisions in life. Sometimes you think, you think, well, see, life isn't all about you being in something and, and making money. It's, that's because God will give you more money when you do the right thing and obey him. Amen. So let's receive it. So, Father, thank you. Well, let me pray over. Thank you, Father. We bless this every, that everyone's giving, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Your mercy endures forever, God. Surely, goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. You're not a liar, God. You're not a man that you should lie. Neither one of those scriptures. <laughs> Have you not said it? Will you not do it? Have you not written it? And will it not come to pass? Amen. Thank you, Father. So thank you. Praise you, Lord God, that my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, you can say that scripture without meaning it, though. My God. He is my God. And he supplies. He will supplies no matter what's going on. All, all of my needs, my need for healing, my need to repair my marriage, my need to, to get out of a situation, my need for everything. It's according to how much I get into the glory. Okay. <laughs> Hit it.
you have victory. Is victory really yours? Victory is yours. Sing it. According to the word, I have what I've heard. to your father make sure you do that after service don't be interrupting service and doing it now but do it after service for sure uh, we are so happy to see you all um, just our regular announcements here we have um, make sure to oh children can be dismissed go ahead and send your children back um, the make sure to silence your phones we don't want to disrupt the flow of service today um, make sure your all of your devices are off or on silent um, no gum or food in the sanctuary just water today on uh, every day <laughs> um, if you need to order a CD or DVD you know where they're at so we're gonna skip through all of that um, but coming up in July um, we have Pastor Ike Akabogu coming, and we are so excited. He is coming July 9th and July 10th. This is a Saturday night and a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. Uh, the times are 7 p.m. and then 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. So make sure to mark these down in your uh, calendar. Be prayerful for services. We are excited to bless him uh, and welcome him in. Um, and then we have all of our normal things going on this week. The only thing different is the Father's Day. You can put up the Father's Day slide. We're going to have a luncheon today. Um, so make sure to stick around after service and um, have some food. We have some pulled pork and corn and potatoes and some other sides. And uh, we have a gift for all of the fathers. So make sure, fathers, to stick around and grab your gift. It'll be outside the sanctuary uh, today. So we will make sure to bless you with those. Pastor is always wanting to bless those in the congregation. And uh, like it says in 2 Timothy 2, 6, that a farmer who produces crops who produces fruit is worthy of uh of the wages is worthy uh to receive the first of the share of the crops uh so praise god for that um we have some celebrations this month um this week uh this past week monday was mckenna's birthday so make yeah. sure to wish her this past monday and we are so excited for for that almost adulthood, and then Elijah Green, his birthday was Wednesdays, yes, he'll, and he was four years old, so praise Sarah. God, 
And then mom's birthday was Thursday, just a couple days ago. So we're so excited to make sure. That's you Lacey Harper. Yes, Lacey. And um, and then yesterday was Keith. Yay! And, um, where is? Oh, there he is, Mike Peterson. His birthday was also. Yesterday chance to bless these people make sure you Ooh. bless them and then coming up at the end of the month we have Elliot Taylor's birthday I believe he's gonna be seven six six giving him an extra year there so we are excited for all of those birthdays I believe that is all the announcements for this morning so if you want to just um, turn to this yes uh, baptism um, oh and, I apologize no yes. that's all right Yes, if you would like to be baptized, we are planning a to-be-determined date. I still need to talk to Miss Sherry, um, but I think it's going to be the end of July. We're going to have a picnic at Miss Sherry's Lake, and so we are so excited for that. But in that, um, if you would like to be baptized, if you haven't been baptized, and, or if you have been baptized, but you would like to rededicate, baptism is a way to show, um, show to the world and show to Satan that you have made the decision to change your life around. So if you would like to do that, let, um, let me know and I will get you on the schedule for all of that. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, and then, and then Sharon Purdue. Yes, I already talked to a couple people about that. Oh, Did you want okay. me to talk to the whole congregation about it? Well, it, I'll, I will. That's okay. Hallelujah. If you're all right. Done. Welcome our pastor. Okay. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, all the young men, happy Father's Day. <laughs> And the grandfathers. You know what? You'd actually get cooler if you would fill in the rows up here. And to be honest with you, it would look better on Facebook. <laughs> it looks... So if you would... You know, honestly, it's cooler because I can feel the fans. Can't you? I can feel them over here. If, if everybody would move up. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be filling in the seats in the front and wherever in order to... Um, and you'll get more of a fan, aren't you? And I, I didn't want to say that. We, we need to be taking care of that with the ushers beforehand. I know, it's, it's a lot. When I sat here, it was a lot cooler than... Okay, so I'm gonna... All right, so... Happy Father's Day. Hallelujah. You know what? Father, I just pray over all of these people, Lord God, that the spirit of truth in all of us teaches us all things and that he, God is going to guide us into all truth. And so we confess perfect knowledge of every situation, every circumstance that comes up against us that we will have wisdom will have the wisdom of God. And James 1.5 says that if we ask for wisdom, that he would give it to us liberally and upbraid not. So, you know what? One of the scriptures I used all the time, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I mean it, I mean it, I mean it. I trust you, God. I will not look at the circumstances. I, in all my ways, I acknowledge you, God, help me. What should I do? <laughs> You know, and you will direct my path, and you will. And he did. I said that over and over and over and over before I bought this church, over and over and over. 
So, and this is another thing. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger. I will not follow. I want to tell you something. Our flesh, I'm getting on a whole different track here, but our flesh can make us make the wrong decisions. We can make a wrong decision because we're making it in our flesh and according to the ways of the world. And you've got to be careful and, um, about that. God, you know, and one of the scriptures, uh, it's, it's uh, Proverbs, correct me if I, is it Proverbs 4, 13? Um, God is at work in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God, be at work in me. So I can go according to your will and your good pleasure. You know what? And no matter what you think, that's a prosperous path. All the way around. All the way around. Okay, so I just, the Lord told me to say that. All right, so we'll say a little bit about fathers and we'll try to make this short because of the wonderful circumstances. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So Proverbs verse 20, oh, I put, the, I put a list of the scriptures up there. Okay, Proverbs 20 verse 7, and it says that both out of King James and the Amplified, it's almost the same thing, but it says, the just man walks in his integrity. What is a just man? The just man is the one who is born again, and God looks at him just as if he never sinned. Isn't that something? You're just, no matter what you did. <laughs> okay, what is integrity? It means completeness, completeness, morally innocent, perfect, and upright. Yeah, you're not perfect in your flesh, but you are in the spirit. Okay, so it says the just man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. The Amplified says the righteous man, the one who is born again, walks in his integrity, integrity, and he is blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable, and are his children after him. Just, it says just a little bit. So see, there is a principle of the family being blessed for generations to come because of parents in, who have faith and obedience to God. Parents who have faith and obedience to God. According to the word of God, a father's way of life can either open the door of, of divine blessing or it, it'll give you a door of cursing for your family. I want to tell you something. This is true. This is, people say, if I asked you if you, you believe the Bible, you'd say yes. But you know what? People, most people, honestly... Yeah, you want to say that because well, the Bible's true. But if you believed it, you would live it. You would live it. See, you can break that curse by becoming born again and following God. Because you know what? Fatherhood is the foundation on which God has built the whole structure of society. And I, it is. Fatherhood is that that's what's wrong with it right now. That's what's wrong with the world. We have some good fathers in here, but the majority of the fathers are not in the world. See, all these girls, they want to have babies. They get to be a teenager. They want to experience sex and have babies. 
you know, and then they went, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen girls dump them in a garbage can a month later because they were, the baby was screaming and they couldn't take it. Hey, somebody was adopted in this church that that, that happened to. They found her in a garbage can. So I'll go to, uh, I'll prove some of this to you. Ephesians 3.14. And that's one of the Ephesians prayers. It's huge. This is absolutely true. And this is why, because there are all these children without fathers. Ooh, and they, they need to be good fathers, not fathers who are macho and try to, uh, you know, tell dirty stories and, and drink and all this stuff. Okay, it says in verse 14, this will be 14 and 15, for this reason, seeing the greatness of the plan by which we are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, now get this, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Every family, whether they're born again or not. That father from whom all families, whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. Okay, so according, now, the Ephesians prayer, I mean... All fatherhood stems from the Father God, but most people aren't following that. You see, but he will help you. Okay, so according to Ephesians 1.22, do you recognize that? That's one of the part of the Ephesians prayer I'm always telling you about. It says, Jesus is the head of God's nation, the church. And I can't emphasize to you enough, we are a different nation. We are, okay, when you get born again, you actually come into a new nation, a new kingdom that will never pass away. All the kingdoms of the earth, all the nations of the earth are going to be gone. And they're going to be, they're going to be gone. <laughs> but the kingdom of God and the nation, you really were in a new nation. Meditate on that sometimes. You're a new nation, and you're actually in the kingdom of God. It says the second you're translated, Colossians 1.13, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son, which is the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of God. Same thing. And then it says in Ephesians 1.3, it says that everything that heaven already enjoys is ours. This is the way it says it in King James. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places but everything that heaven already enjoys so healing is ours prosperity is ours it's ours but we have to access it by faith okay then one day when i was you know meditating on that this is way way back though i thought oh yeah well in the catholic church they taught us it was the our father but everybody else you know it's the lord's prayer it says my will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no sickness and disease and all that stuff. But see, we haven't, we haven't been taught that. Or we're, we're teaching it but, but to get there and to meditate on it. So, okay. So in Isaiah 9, 7, Jesus is called the everlasting father. You don't have to put those up, though. So without clear fatherhood or fathering, society 
disintegrates into chaos. Guess what? We were seeing it with our own eyes. <laughs> okay, why? Because God's divine order has been flawed. And the terms, two men or two women, you know what? Or there's women who don't have a husband and they're playing both roles. You know, and it's just not the same. The Bible defines the definition of a family is the sphere, sphere of fatherhood. A circle of fatherhood surrounding the wife and children. And the New Testament Greek word for father is patria, Godhead in the paternal sense. He's, he's like the Godhead is to us. That's the way a father should be. Uh, see, most of them, it's the women coming to church and not the men. You know, I mean, it's just, you got, you've got, this is so important, especially in our society right now. See, even the mafia understood, and they called their, their leader the godfather. See, so do you agree that the heart of a father for his children should be the same kind of heart that God the Father has for us? And the only way to be a good father, though, is to look at the father of all fathers. And the only way you can look at that is to get into the Word of God. See, even the word husband means to bind the house together. Isn't that something? <clears throat> See, that would be similar to the role of the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it? A teacher, what is he? He's our advocate, our counselor, our comforter, our helper, our prayer warrior, an intercessor, our strengthener, our standby. He's also a teacher, a protector. So one of the best ways to be a good father is to get to really know God the Father. And really, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so go to Mal now Malachi 4, 5 and 6. I want that up there. Whew. I'm trying to go fast, so <laughs> for your own sake. <laughs> for, verse 5. Did I say I said King James, didn't I? Yeah. No, I mean, but I mean, did I say, what did I put on the paper? Ample? King James, that's what I thought. Okay. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He's talking about the rapture. <laughs> and he shall turn the hearts of the father to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. I'll tell you what, stuff is nasty right now in the earth, all over the place. Okay, now, did I? Okay, now put up Luke 1, 6, 17 rather, just 17. You know what? Jesus even said in Matthew, he said, Elijah must come to restore all things. I could give you another scripture in Acts and another one way in um, Haggai that says the same thing. God's going to come and restore things. Okay, but who is Elijah? Who is Elijah in the New Testament? John the Baptist. <laughs> That's who it was. Okay, 
And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias or Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the rapture, for the coming of the Lord. <laughs> That's just saying that because you know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So that prophecy links the revival of fatherhood directly to the move of God in preparing the way for the return of the earth. What are we hearing? Pray for revival. Pray for revival. Revivals are going on in California. They are, but lots of them. I don't know if there's too much there now. <laughs> anyway, there is an anointing for us to be the kind of fathers God created us to be, and you've got to come back. It's up. To, I'm serious. The fatherhood, the head of the family needs to come back. And I'm not some kind of woman up here trying to take over. I am not. See, but the revolution of fatherhood does not begin in you. True fatherhood begins in the heart of God. But you've got to get the heart of God. All authority and fatherhood on the earth derives from the divine fatherhood of God. It does. But see, the men have to want God. It's always the women who do. It's the men. That's what's wrong. Okay, see, you know, remember, remember I said in Ephesians 4, uh, 4 uh, 14, 3, 14, I mean, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and on earth derives its name. All fatherhood. Okay, so Jesus showed us God as a father of love, right? And the real heart that God, that God wants, wants to develop in fathers is a heart turned toward your children. The same heart that Abraham had. You know why God chose Abraham? And I'll, okay, did I put Genesis 18, 19? Yeah, put it up. Okay. This is so important. The reason God, the creator of the universe, took Abraham for this was, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he promised him. I don't know, I wrote that out. Oh, okay. For I have known, chosen, and acknowledged him, Abraham, as my own, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and to do what is just and righteous so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same, same thing with you. <laughs> okay, so Abraham instilled in his children the desire to keep the way of the Lord. And if we create in our children that desire to keep the way of the Lord, you're going to begin a tradition and heritage in your own family. We have to impart God's love to them, and curses will be broken. Um, I'm, okay, so, man, I went over these and over these. <laughs> Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, is that, did I put that? Just put the ones on that I put on the paper. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, No, therefore, 
that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and steadfast love and mercy with those who love him and keep his commands to a thousand generations. So see, there is a principle of family being blessed for generations to come because of the parents' faith and obedience. And you know what? It's not too late. Man, you know what? You can still break it. You can stay break it. You'll break it. And you know, people who may have done all kinds of bad things or drugs and all that stuff, and then they, they actually, you know, and they may have a... See, sometimes the DNA... Of, of our past is, if, you, if you've, my grandfather, I found out, was a terrible alcoholic. Um, I never knew him, but uh, his wife, my uh, dad's, you know, mother and father, his wife had to leave him. Oh, he, he left her, and she was stuck. All she could do was iron and wash clothes for people, and she had to give away some of her children to an orphanage because she couldn't feed them. And it makes me cry because my dad and my, uh, I should, don't get so emotional. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, my dad and my uh, uncle, they live right next to each other. And they, my dad, um, of course, married my mother. And, and uh, my uncle married her sister. So we were right, just right close. I mean, I go back and forth <laughs> to their house. And, um, but, uh, at least they always were looking for their brothers and sisters. Yeah. And she kept them for some reason. <laughs> Both of them were in World War I together. In the same tent. I mean, that, at that time, they, they always put brothers together. And it was nasty. They were... <sighs> My dad told me about snakes, like, like just being in a tent, and it was pouring, and both of them had the flu. And there was a big snake in the tent, and they were too sick to even do anything about it. They didn't even care. He said, my fever was so high, I didn't even, oh, just looked at it, like, oh, God help us. <laughs> See, but according to the, well, let's get back to fathers. Okay, so according to the word of God, a father's way of life can either open the doors of divine blessing or the doors of cursing for his family. Just like Deuteronomy 30:19, and it says, "I don't in earth before you." I quote this all the time that I've set before you: blessing and cursing, life and death. Therefore, choose life, choose the blessing that you and your seed may live. You gotta choose it. So very often what a family sees in an earthly father is what they see in the heavenly father. And it's up to the father as head of the family to know the heavenly father and to be like him, to accurately represent him to his family so they will have a hunger and a desire to know God intimately and follow him wholeheartedly. My parents may have been in a denomination, but boy, I tell you what, they were godly. <laughs> Okay, so if a child is afraid of the earth, afraid of an earthly father, and it's, he'll associate fear with the heavenly father. If he's loved, he'll associate love. If a child doesn't, how can how could he be expected to respond to the heavenly father? 
of love that he's never seen. It was harsh, 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 harsh. Now, I know some of you aren't like that, but I'm just telling you, why do I tell you these things so you can tell other people? That, that's a main thing. That's that we have to teach the people the word of God so they can tell it to others and practice it in their life. So how can he be expected to respond to love from a God he's never seen if there's no love in the Father that he does see? And when they finally realize God's love is unconditional and everlasting, God's lives are changed. Okay, so, okay. These are the most mixed up notes. Okay, anyway. Okay, without clear fatherhood or fathering, a nation disintegrates, I said, into chaos. Because God's divine order is flawed. We're seeing it. It's here. And it starts at home with your children. How they view and see things. Remember all of a sudden how God, I, I look at you because how God said to me, a nation is made up of people, of families. And so evil starts to come because those families are not in order. Really, a nation is made up of families. That's where it all starts. So God has a plan and a purpose specifically for every child and every one of us, really. To, you know, and our responsibility as parents is to teach our kids the word of God. To show honor to God. I've had relatives who had said, okay, it's okay to swear or use GD. And I says, what about the Ten Commandments? I mean, that was when I was born again. And, you know, they were making fun of me thinking I was in a cult because, and I know we've been accused by calls by some of the members of some of your families. That is ridiculous. We are in what we are supposed to be in the New Testament, spirit-filled, speaking in tongues. It is not. That is what God wanted. That whole thing has gone backwards to the delight of the devil. So to honor God, to go to church. Children do more what you do than what you say. So to fellowship with people of the same faith, too, that's huge. See, when you hang around people fighting you all the time on what you believe, you're going to give up some of your beliefs. You are. Oh, God didn't really mean that. See, I've heard that. Yes, he did. His word is his word. I know people who change their whole belief system. I, I do. I know them. They've left the church, this church. And over and over, more and more have changed their belief system to a lower standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've even seen my grandchildren. They went, yep. They have gone other places to church and said they were shocked. <laughs> anyway, and teaching, trying to teach the same thing we teach, but honor, honor, integrity, the whole thing. Okay, so the whole fabric of the nation gradually changed, even now. Subtle. You know what? That's why the preachers come in here and they say, you're a remnant church. You've kept the faith. 
You've kept it. And I didn't even know that. I didn't even realize that. I just thought, man, we got to do what God says. I, had, I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, because I always thought, oh, we're, we're so lowly. I mean, I'm not weird, but I don't know nothing compared to all these other people. And then every time they come in, they go, oh, you're, you know what? <laughs> like Ricky Edwards, he said, well, you're doing really good. <laughs> Ike Akabogo. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make any difference how big you are. It makes a difference what the fruit is. And some people, <laughs> what did you say to me, Mark? said some people can't stand the preaching of the word. People will come in here, and, or, or speakers, and they'll say, no, they'll say, they'll say, oh, I'm probably being too harsh, and I'm going, no, I, I'm, you know me. I mean, I say stuff all the time because I come right out with the word. But you don't, I mean, I don't mind because God corrects me too. See, okay. Now, what, what did, what exactly, boy, I'm almost done. <laughs> okay, so what that prophecy about Elijah, what I, you know, look, look, I looked up, what did Elijah do? But see, it's the spirit of Elijah. What was the song that came out? Uh, these are the days of Elijah. Why, why in the world would, would they even sing that song if they don't know? These are the days of Elijah when the revival is going to come. What did he do? He denounced Ahab and Jezebel. There is a Jezebel spirit in Washington, more than one. If, and <laughs> that's the spirit of witchcraft. He got rid of witchcraft. He got rid of manipulation and control. What is the government trying to do? Control, manipulation. The witchcraft is heavy out there. Rebellion, idol worship. Baal worship. What is Baal worship? You all know it's nothing but abortion. The Baal worship in the Old Testament, they took little children and sacrificed them to the gods. And then they beat the drums as loud as they could because they threw them in the fire. Because the screaming, they were covering up the screaming. That's history. I know it. Isn't that horrible? And that, that's, it's the spirit of Baal right now over our country because of abortion. See, it's, and then immorality, sexual perversity, all that stuff starts to have. I mean, in Canada, there's what, what? I don't know, this guy told me, you know, we listened to Craig Phil, but how many genders? Huh? It was way in the hundreds now. Yeah, well, I, this kid told me, that, well, he was in his 20s, but he told me that it was way in 185 or something. What? How could he even find that many genders? What are you talking about? Half cow, half this, half dog, half cow, half cat. Yeah, it is true. Okay. So, Elijah had the prophetic spirit of speaking the word of God. We've got, that's a prophetic spirit. You can prophesy 
over your children, over your family, the word of God. See, and what else did Elijah do? <laughs> he performed miracles. He prophesied there would be no rain for three and a half years. See, all this is coming back. Do you see where I'm coming into this? He, um, he uh, uh, multiplied the food for the widow of Zarephath. He raised her son from the dead. One of the sons from the dead. I wasn't sure it's the same one. He destroyed 450 false prophets of Baal. Um, and that, that, that prophet of, of the Baal, prof, they were prophets. They were chief male deity of the Canaanites and the Phoenicians. We talk about the Syrophoenician woman who went to God, to Jesus rather, and, and her, her little girl was demon possessed. Why? Because the Syrophoenicians were practicing witchcraft. And that spirit was in the house and it got on that little child. And she came to Jesus and he said, I don't give, what, how is it, to the dogs. Oh, I don't give the crumbs. And she said, but the little dogs take the crumbs. And then she knelt down and worshiped him. And when she worshiped him, he knew her heart. Her heart was real for her child. And he delivered the child just by his word. But I want to tell you, that's prophet of, that, that spirit of Baal is here in the United States. Okay, he brought, he, he made the rain stop for three and a half years and he brought the rain back. What is it? Elijah was raptured. He's a type and shadow of what's going to happen to the real church. The born again, spirit filled people who are standing in faith and who are believing. Jesus even said in the in the Gospels, he said, will I find faith when I come back to the earth? Will I find it? Very first time I read that, I went, oh, wow, we got to keep the faith. Some people say this is all a bunch of baloney, that we speak the word. Anybody watch Terry Mize that was at the, oh my gosh. Oh. Terry Mize had so, he was a missionary and still is, and I, okay, you got to hear him. <laughs> I mean, he had robbers rob him. He was down in Mexico. And he had robbers that robbed him, and they tried to kill him. Meanwhile, his wife was having a baby at home in Mexico. She was with him, you know, there. And, um, and she had all her babies at home. <laughs> but um, he said they tried to murder him with guns. <laughs> yeah, and, and, they, <laughs> and they couldn't do it. Because he believed the word. See, and he says, he was 16 and he took over the youth group. And he said, he said, God, what should I, what should I preach to him? And you know what? God gave him the word of faith. The stuff we preach. But he was in a different, he, they were born again, spirit filled. But it was a different believing. And you know what? And they, you know, he was 16 and he told them, they told him, son, you, you did, they got the elders of the church, the board of the church, and they all came, even his mom and dad, and said, you, you did blasphemy. That isn't true. Mm-hmm. And so he said, but, 
But it says that in the word, I can have this. Let them ever shout for joy in favor of my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure, pleasure in the, oh no, let's, let's have all this teaching that we're supposed to be poor. How can we take over if we're poor? I mean, people who love the Lord with all their heart aren't going to squander that. Okay, so anyway, they couldn't kill him. And there, he had so many miracles, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. So I don't know, there's a book out. I read his book way back. And he was there and I went, oh, I remember that guy. Cool. Okay, but... Elijah, the spirit of Elijah, is back to the church, and he was raptured, which is, they're talking about that sooner than you think. And that's, he, he was a type and shadow of the real church. Some people, they may be, there's going to be seven raptures, but they may, they have to go through some of the tribulation. Okay, and he brought restoration of godliness to Israel. It's going to be one of the greatest revivals in the history of mankind. It's coming now, and the hearts of the fathers and the sons and all the children and parents will be turned toward one another. I even see restoration in our own family. I'm seeing it. Even my sister who, you know, and, and you know, coming in, I was talking to all of my nephews and nieces who I haven't seen for 20 years. On the phone, though, they're in California. But whenever I would go to California, they were like six to 700 miles away. That's how far away they live, way up north. <laughs> but see, families will be reunited in Christ. And the Holy Spirit's going to pour out on all the flesh. And you know what? I am finished. But Lonnie, you, I asked Lonnie to give a few words about... Okay, you're done. No. <laughs> I'm done. I can. Yeah. Huh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Yes. That was good. Yes. Hallelujah. Good. Yes. Took plenty of notes on that. Uh, Pastor asked me to just uh, come and say a few words about being a father. Um, and it's funny that she called me kind of what yesterday morning and uh, she said, I hope that's enough time. I said, well, no, that's, that's plenty of time, but I was actually reading John Challenge, the, the Ministry of Helps, to read this book, uh, Faithfulness by Dr. Dufresne. So I've been reading that, and there's a whole oh. section there on fatherhood, and I was like, oh, well, I already had something on fatherhood. So, um, so I'm just going to share a little bit out of uh, E.W. King's book, <laughs> Dr. Dufresne's book, and then I have a, I have a prayer that I pray uh, over our kids, and I've been praying it for a long time. Um, I, I'm not... As much as I can, I'll go in their room at night and I'll put my hands on them when I pray this prayer um, and speak it over them. Because like she said, you can prophesy over your kids. Um, and so I pray it, but then I also understand that I'm setting things in motion for the future when I pray it for them. Um, so I'm always reminded of what uh, Pastor Jackie, she does a, a uh, pre-marriage counseling. Uh, not a... Not a duct tape, patch your, patch your marriage back together counseling. She does a premarital counseling. Uh, and Sonia and I had the privilege of doing that before Pastor married us in Washington. Uh, and I'll never forget, she gives us a series from Reverend Lonnie Hilton that talks about the priorities 
um, of your life and of your covenants um, because being a father really is, it's a responsibility of covenant. Um, and in that teaching, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, if I get any of these out of order, I'm to, to the best of my, my recollection, they're in this order, that your first highest covenant is between you, the individual, and God. Your second highest covenant, and if any of these don't apply to you, then you defer right back to the next highest one. So your next highest covenant is between you and your spouse. And if you don't have a spouse, then it's still between you and God. So first one between you and God, second one between you and your spouse, third one between you and your children. That is a divine order. Uh, and you can find it throughout the word. Um, I'd have to go back and listen to that series and, and, uh, and study on it to give you the scriptures for it. But So the third one would be your children. Uh, your fourth one would be your pastor and your local church. I'll put those two together because I think he talked about your local church. But without a pastor, you don't really have a church. So, um, so between you and God, you and your spouse, you and your children... You and your pastor and your local church, and you and your job, if you have a job, yeah, or your career. You are in, basically, almost like if I go to my job and I sign a contract for a certain amount of years. A, co a covenant sounds like a, you know, mystical word. Really, it's just a contract. You know, they have housing covenants. You know, like Brother Copeland says, you can't paint your house bright pink because the housing covenant says you can't, you know. Um, so... Uh, I just wanted to mention those real quick. Those help me put things in perspective. And they've really been, when I honor those, that order of covenants, uh, when I honor my relationship between me and God, and then me and my spouse, and me and my children, it puts things in divine order. And then I keep them in order. If they start to get out of order, you, you can have issues. You know, if I put my spouse before God, I'm liable to anything, anything you, you try to keep and put in front of God becomes an idol, you, you stand to lose that stuff. But if you'll put them in divine order, God will protect them and keep them. So I just wanted to share that. I've never forgotten that teaching from Reverend Lonnie Hilton. I think it was like a six-part series, and she gave it to us uh, to listen to. And, uh, man, it was so good. And, and um, So that was. I just wanted to share that real quick. I'm going to read uh, in another thing in relation to covenants from Brother E.W. Kenyon's book, The Blood Covenant. I'm just going to read this real quick. Um, so I'm going to share something out of these two books and then a couple scriptures, and I'll share uh, the prayer that I pray over my kids. And actually, before I go to that book, uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Proverbs. I have it marked out here. 22, verse Nope, that's not the right one. Where did I have it saved? I have it marked out here. Yeah. Uh, no, that is. I was in the wrong book, I guess. Proverbs 22, verse 28. In the King James, it says, Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. The next verse is good, too. It says, See thou, a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Uh, and the King James says, Remove not the ancient landmark which your fathers have set up. Um, 
the life of faith. The pastor was just preaching the spirit of Elijah. Uh, that is the landmarks that are, are and so this applies to natural fathers, but even more so to spiritual fathers. If you don't have any kids, at some point you're going to have some spiritual kids because God's going to put, he's going to requ- require of you, if you've been sitting under this teaching, he's put enough of the word in you that at some point he's going to go make a withdrawal of that and, and need you to impart to somebody the revelation of you need to get born again and you need a spiritual father. Uh, they may not be your spiritual child, but you help birth them into the plan of God and then they need to get under a pastor to be their spiritual father. Um, but so you may have spiritual children. Um, there's, there's verses where it talks about your, I think it's in Psalm 112, your, your, the generation upright shall be blessed. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth, but that's not just your natural seed. That's your spiritual seed and believe for them to be one and the same. If your children aren't living right, then believe for them to be your spiritual children, to be in the plan of God. Um, so remove not the ancient landmarks that your fathers have set up. Um, I'm going to go also to Proverbs 6. I, I'm just going to read this real quick. Uh, Proverbs 6, verse 20. Speaking to, it's a father speaking to sons. Um, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart. Tie them about your neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. And then, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Um, so, n- not removing the landmarks. So, when I keep things in divine order in my house, that will get on my kids. They will see that, and that will teach them, teach a child the way they should go, and they'll not depart from it. The pastor just said, they follow more of what you do than what you say. I messed up on this recently. I was shopping with my mother-in-law uh, for yard tools, and I, I just, Victoria asked me for a little shovel, uh, about you know three feet long, maybe two feet, and because we're doing projects at the house, and Victoria wanted help, so she got a, she wanted a shovel. I said, okay, baby, I'll get you the shovel, but you have to realize this is not a toy, this is a tool, and it's not a plastic one. It's a metal spaded shovel, about that big. I said, this is a tool. You cannot hit with this, uh, and if I catch you hitting with it, you will not get it back for a very long time. She's five. I think I said, oh, you probably won't get it back till you're nine or ten if you hit somebody with this. Um, just because of how dangerous a tool can be used if it's mishandled. And um, I said, and you can only use it under daddy's supervision and mommy and grandma, since grandma's here right now. I said, that's the only times you can use it, and you have to share with your brother. He's like, you're not, you're, not, uh, you're not hogging this. You know, you will share with your brother, and you'll be sweet. And so we're walking through the store, and she's, like, dragging it on the floor and tapping it on things. I'm like, okay, give it to me. I took it from her. And then... It was funny because we're sitting there looking at power tools now, and and I'm sitting there playing with it, twirling it around in my hand, and I start, like, popping her on the butt with it and tapping her on the shoulder. And she goes, Dad, you're not supposed to hit with it. And I, was like, I was like, ah. Okay, baby, you're right. Daddy was wrong to do that. <laughs> so... Pastor's right. They will follow more of what you do. So I had to, after that, I made sure, okay, don't do that again. Don't play with it. We probably should have just got a cart and put it in the cart so nobody's touching it. Um, but so uh, that was just 
you know, the pastor's right. They will follow more of what you do than what you say. So if you, if you set up these, these divine order of your life according to the word, they will do more of what you do than what you say. There was things as a kid growing up, I found myself doing uh, that I didn't even know my parents were doing. Until later I found out, oh, my parents were doing that. No wonder I ended up doing it. And like pastor says, the, those familiar spirits are watching to make sure that you will go right down the same path unless acted upon by an outside force. It's almost like, like, natural, or like natural law. It's like the word has to get in there and intervene. And I honestly, until the word entered into my life, I still did those same things uh, that I shouldn't have been doing. But I didn't know my parents were doing them. It just happened. I, the, the enemy will make sure that your kids find out. Um, I was, I actually, if I remember correctly, uh, my, I was at my friend's house and uh, when I was probably in junior high age, maybe even before that, I was at my friend's house and for some reason we wandered into something his guardians had that they shouldn't have had and we just happened to find it and start experimenting with it and playing with it and it was like we had no idea, I had no idea my parents were using the same thing or doing the same thing but the enemy will make sure uh, that your children are, will end up, and it's actually seed sown. Uh, the brother, uh, brother Grant Wilson, who used to be the dean of the school, we still call him Dean Wilson, because to us, that's what he was. Uh, and Dean Wilson, man, he can preach. He can preach uh, uh, marriage and family classes like nobody's business. And he was saying, when my kids start showing up fearful, he goes, wait a second, that's not my seed. That's not my harvest. I did not sow that into my kids, so why are they acting this way? And then you have to pull those seeds out, those, uh, uproot those plants that are trying to come up. Sometimes it's they're around kids that have uh, other attitudes that your kids are picking up. So, um, so really, we don't sear, sow fear into our kids, therefore we will not reap fear from our kids. You know, uh, people might wonder, oh, well, why, why do my kids wake up crying in the middle of the night? What horror movies are you watching? You are planting fear seeds in your kids. You think it's funny to jump out and scare them. No, it's, it's not. You're, you are planting something in them, and they won't forget that. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I, uh, I was at a buddy's house. Wasn't a good buddy, uh, but not good as in the behavior wasn't good. Uh, I was at a buddy's house, and we ended up watching a rated R movie. Uh, it was a, a fear, fearful horror movie, um, and they just remade another one recently. But I watched it, and, and there's a scene in a shower in that movie and something scary comes out of the shower drain. And, and, uh, and I think one of the little kids was asthmatic and I was asthmatic as a kid. I didn't like to shower after that. I would stand at the backside of the shower and shower and watching that drain so nothing came out of it. I, was, I carried that for a long time. I was full of fear. Um, so it, it's, not, it's not cute and it's not funny to put that stuff in our kids. Um, I'm going to move along here. So pastor even mentioned Abraham and read some verses from there. So uh, this is E.W. Kenyon's book, uh, The Blood Covenant. This is not my right marking here. One second. I have it marked out. I just got to find it. Praise the Lord. Okay. Right here. Yeah. Um, so this talks about the memorial. Um, so covenants, thinking of covenants with what I said, keep those in mind as I'm reading this. The divine order of your life. God, then you and your spouse, you and your children. So this is the curses and the blessings related to a covenant. 
says, I left out a very important feature of this ceremony, a covenant ceremony, like a marriage. We just had one in this church. Congratulations again, sister. Um, I have left out a very important feature of this ceremony. As the two young men, it's not talking about a marriage. It's talking about a, a covenant a covenant agreement. So two men are coming into contract with each other, not a marriage contract. Yeah. I thought, I, I realized this at work last night. I said, you know, it's funny, the, the Pride Month, which is this month, I think, they're, they're saturating the media, they're saturating everything with it. You can't even watch a kid's TV show without them putting something on there. But it's funny that they did it in the month of Father's Day. I'm like, oh, that's not really a coincidence. And I, I said to a buddy, I said, you, you wonder, because you know how Google does their advertisements? Uh, and they did a Father's Day advertisement. And, uh, and I said, I told my buddy at work, I said, you think Google's throwing up having to put this, this Father's Day advertisement on here? They actually did it. it was, so kudos to them. You know, um, I was impressed. They, they put a Father's Day and then they had pictures of fathers with their kids and they didn't have any pictures. As, when I scrolled down, they didn't have any pictures of two fathers. I was impressed. You know, I was like, hey. So they picked the wrong month to pick for their month. <laughs> Just saying, it's Father's Day. It's Father's Month. Um, so... So, so as the two young men had drank each other's blood, we don't do that these days. This is, this is Old Covenant. A priest stepped out and pronounced the most awful curses that Stanley ever heard. Curses that were to come if he broke the covenant. Pastor mentioned the mafia. They used to have, uh, they, there's a, I, don't, I forget how to say it. It's called La Koshinosha. If that's the right way to say it, it, it meant the black hand. And it was, if you came into agreement with the Godfather, uh, because you make a pact with the Godfather, because his life, what he has is going to benefit you, and you make a promise that when he calls on you, you're going to pay what you need to pay, or do the favor you need to do. Um, it was a covenant. And actually, if you read this book, The Blood Covenant, it traces every covenant on the earth back to Christ's blood covenant. So even the, the Bloods and Crips, uh, there's a movie, I th a movie called Blood In, Blood Out. It's because you had to go in, to my understanding, to get into the gang, you had to shed blood. And to get out of the gang, was, you were going to shed blood. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the, the mafia would actually, if you broke the, your agreement, they would curse you with throat cancer. And when people would break their contract, throat cancer would come on them. Yeah, um, and this, this is all from the Word, so I encourage you, get this book and read it. Um, it. It explains all that and ties it all the way back. So this is uh, a picture of two men coming into cover. So Stanley's interpreter took part and pronounced more, uh, a, a minister named Stanley. His interpreter took his part there in Africa and pronounced the curses upon the old king. So a, minis a missionary was, uh, named Stanley was coming into covenant with a king. And this is in Africa. Um, and because Stanley was becoming so sick, the only thing he could drink was milk. And he couldn't trade with anybody because he was a foreigner. But So then somebody says, hey, why don't you go make a covenant with the king? And he said, well, what will, that, what will that mean? He goes, everything that's the king's is yours, and everything that's yours becomes the king's. And you usually exchange a gift of value. Well, Stanley could only drink goat's milk, and he had a goat, and that was his life source. Well, he made an exchange with the king that he gave his goat. Well, then the king brought out this wound, it was, a, I think, a seven-foot copper-wound spear and gave it to him. And he said, well, great, now I'm going to die. 
because I can't get my goat's milk and I, all I have is a stick, a spear covered in copper. But what he didn't realize is everywhere he carried that, everybody would bow to him because now he's in contract with the king. Uh, that, same, that same level of, of uh, importance carries over into your relationship with your children. A, a pastor with their sheep. That's why she won't leave us. She's bound by covenant to us, and we're bound by covenant to her. Um, I'll, I'll continue. Stanley's interpreter took part in his pronounce and pronounced the curses on the old king. So nobody's, nobody's outside of the bounds of this covenant. Uh, pr- pronounced curses on the old king, his wife, and his children. So it affects the future generations and his tribe if they broke the covenant with Stan- Stanley. If you remember, when Moses apportioned the land to different tribes, he called their attention to the mountain of cursing and the mountain of blessing. So there's blessings connected with it that everywhere he goes, everybody bows to him, but there's curses. In Deuteronomy 11 and 27, you find both the curses and the blessings of the Old Covenant. The curses were pronounced from the mount each year, and the blessings were pronounced from the mount of blessing each year. So this is the part I really want to get to, the memorial. So... Do not remove those ancient landmarks. With this in mind, the ceremony of tree planting was always done. So they'd come into contract with each other, and they'd plant a tree. Uh, if they were in a country where trees would grow, these trees, these are called memorial trees of the covenant. In a place where trees do not grow, they set up a pile of stones and erect a monument as a memorial to remind them and their descendants that they and their partners are, that they are partners So their descendants, this is to remind their descendants that they are partners in an indissoluble covenant. It's important that your kids have a pastor too. So this covenant between me and my pastor is so important, but my kids need to learn that they need a pastor. So you remember Abraham says uh, to remind them and their descendants that they and their partners have an indissoluble covenant. Um, There was flocks. Uh, so I'll just skip through this. Flocks and herds would be branded when people came into covenants. That way, when those herds grew over the generations, kids would grow up and be like, oh, I recognize that logo. That's why they brand animals so you know who they belong to. I recognize that logo because that reminds me and my family that we're in covenant with this group. Um, so it's, it's just a reminder moving forward. I'll move on to this faithfulness book, and then I'll share my prayer with you guys. So, uh, Dr. Frain is talking here. He says, in Ephesians chapter 6, God is talking to the church. If we obey his word, we will continually see the rewards that, that come with it. In verses one, and three, 1 through 3, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Dr. Frank says, I was raised in a home where both parents were alcoholics. My mother was in and out of mental institutions. As a child growing up, I learned to hate my mother. As the oldest, I had to do the dishes. I had to change my brother's and sister's diapers. When I became a teenager, I wanted to go out and do things. But I had to stay home and take care of the kids. If I had known then what I know now, I would have taken authority over the devil and cast him out of my mother's life in the name of Jesus. But all I knew then was I hated and resented her. When I was born again, the Lord began to deal with me in this area. One day, God showed me this verse in Ephesians chapter 6. That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. 
The Lord said, do you want to live long? I said, yes, sir. Then he said, be obedient to my word. Honor your mother and father. So he was, and he did. Um, and then later he shares this verse. You have to either obey the word or pay the price. And ye fathers, Ephesians 6, 4, provoke not your children to wrath. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Dake's annotated reference says, provoke not your children to wrath. Avoid severity, anger, harshness, cruelty. Cruel parents generally have bad children. Do you want to know why our jails are filled up? Because some kids got knocked around and beat up and slammed in the head by their parents. And it says, well, Brother Ed, that wouldn't happen in a Christian home. He says, don't fool yourself. As a pastor, as a pastor I've counseled people who beat their children. And there's a fine, we know this, there's a fine line between cruelty and discipline. But I wanted to read that because one thing I've had to learn as my kids grow so fast, I have to learn that I have to, I have to grow also. Um, Pastor Noel said, how do you, he asked God one day, how do you grow a church? Because it seemed like his church wasn't growing. And, pa- and God told him, you grow first. So how do I raise my kids? I got to raise myself first. In the word, of course. Um, so real quick, and I'm, I'm learning that, that Victoria is growing and changing so fast. I have to change myself and grow and keep up with her. That I don't stop parenting her, you know, but I just grow with her. Uh, and Wyatt. So this prayer I pray, I started when Victoria was in Sonia's stomach. Uh, before she was even showing, I put my hand on her stomach every night, and I'd say this prayer. Um, and it was to have sweet sleep. And really, uh, once Victoria was born, from the time she was a month old, Till now, she has slept through the night. Uh, and people were like, oh my gosh, that's, that's disgusting. How did, how did you do that? I'm like, it's the word. I put my hand on her stomach and I confessed sweet sleep. Like Pastor said, you can prophesy for your kids. Um, I didn't do it as much with Wyatt and we got the rewards of that. So he sleeps, he sleeps really well, but he would usually wake up at least once a night, if not more. But uh, yeah, and he's an early riser. He likes to get up and play. Uh, pastor called me and asked me to speak, and she, I said, she said, did I wake you? I said, no, I was listening to Wyatt play in the other room. I was laying down, but I could hear him playing and yelling in the other room. <laughs> it was kind of a nice sound to wake up to. Um, and, and, and as I used to put my hand on her stomach and pray, um, and then the more I've done this, I would do it with Victoria every night as she went to bed, and then now that we have Wyatt, I do it with both of them. Um, and I'll put my hands on them and bless them, and I, I'll say this prayer. And over time, it's grown. It was a short prayer. Now it's grown and it's grown, and I know it by heart. But so I wrote it down so I didn't miss any of it. And you'll hear, it's all scripture. You'll hear it. You'll hear scriptures as I'm saying it. You might be able to identify where they're coming from. Um, but I, if anybody wants to, I will print it out for them, and you can put your own kids' names in there. So this is the prayer I would pray. I got it originally from Proverbs, I believe, is where it started out. So when I, when I pray it, I say this, Victoria Talitha Brown and Wyatt Leslie Brown, they let not them depart from their eyes. They keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto their souls and grace unto their necks. Then they will walk in their way safely and their foot shall not stumble. When they lie down, they shall not be afraid. For God has not given them a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind, of self-discipline and of self-control. Yea, when they lie down, their sleep shall be sweet. They will not be afraid of sudden fear, when neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. Only a spectator shall they be themselves inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as they witness the reward of the wicked. And the Lord Jesus shall be their confidence. 
their faith, their assurance, their surety, their guarantee, their title deed, their covenant peace, their covenant joy, their covenant provider, covenant health, covenant wealth, covenant protection. Victoria Talitha Brown and Wyatt Leslie Brown are disciplined followers. They are taught of the Lord and obedient to his will. They have him in person as their teacher. They are raised in and by the glory of God. They hear the voice of the good shepherd and a stranger's voice. They will not follow. And great shall be their peace and their undisturbed composure. They have learned how not to be disturbed or disquieted in whatever state they're in. They are ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into them. They are self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And the Lord, Jesus, who orders and directs their steps, he shall keep their foot from being taken. He's enlarged their path beneath them. None of their steps shall slide. He's enlarged the scope of their activity, and they do not become fatigued. And they shall pick up their mantles and fulfill the will of God for their lives. I charge those angels to keep watch over them and protect them, and to go and work along the path and assist them in accomplishing the plan of God for their lives. So, and I realize I'm, when, when my kids get older and the, the life of victory that they live, I won't be surprised because I called for it. I called for it, but then I was an example of it to them. And I'm not bragging on me. I, I follow my pastor. So, so uh, that's all I have that I wanted to share. If anybody would like a copy of that prayer, I'll print it out. And, uh, and I can even find the scriptures and just match them up to each line. But um, thank you for listening. And, and thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to share. So happy Father's Day. And are we dismissed? Or do we have something else? Not yet? Okay. Amen. Thank the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys for receiving. <laughs> High heels. Okay. Um, all right. But I want to pray for the fathers first. And we'll just do that quickly. Um, huh? Okay. Not on? Okay. We're going to pray for the fathers like we always do. We pray for the mothers. But first, as you're just sitting there, just say this. Um, okay, and I'm going to, I want to administer a stronger anointing of power that God will come, that will come into the lives of the fathers in here. Okay, whether your children are grown up and you don't see them or whatever, it doesn't make, grandfathers, same thing, grandfathers and fathers, they've been fathers, great grandfathers, whatever. Okay, so I want you to say this, the fathers and the grandfathers, I dedicate my life to God this day to be the kind of man, the father and leader God wants me to be, the anointing and the anointed one lives in me. And because of that anointing, I can be that kind of father. God created me to be. Turn my heart toward my children and grandchildren. I will train them to keep your ways, Lord, so that they may receive their inheritance in the covenant with you. And I thank you that you have chosen me to represent your heart of love to my family 
and I do not set aside my own will in the name of Jesus. And the will of the Father is what I meant. Okay, let's go up here and uh, come up here quickly. This is just an impartation of blessing. And Ken, come with, that's all it is. I know it's warm, and we've tried to... Thank you. Okay, you could probably put on some music or something. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, thank you, Lord. Okay, they, they need to be pushed apart. He's, he's way over there by the tree. I can't get there. Some people need to be put in here. Yeah, could you move? Move over. Yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, well, that tree is at the one. Get over here. I'm going to slap you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know what you're doing. Whoa. Wait, that fan's blowing my dress. Thank you. This feels good. So, Father God, I just impart to him the covenant that he has with God at this point, Lord God, and I know he is a good father. And so, Father, I thank you that more and more that you open up the eyes of his understanding and flood his heart with light, that he may teach it to his children. Thank you that the way he is, he is a very good example. So, Father, I think this is just an impartation and receive it right now by faith. It's imparted to you in the name of Jesus. Okay, so an impartation as a father and grandchild, grandfather, <laughs> amen, to impart to them maybe things that you didn't know way back when you were a father, but to impart it to your grandchildren. So I thank you for that impartation in the name of Jesus. And I thank you. And thank you, Father, for that impartation. I know you, do you have grandchildren? You do, don't you? Yeah, do you see them pretty, I mean, once in a while? Yeah, impart to them what you can and just keep praying for them, praying for them so that, that that inheritance, that landmark that has come into you will come onto them because you've changed your DNA, by your whole DNA inside, and it, and it can go down to your children. Yes, and you've broken a generational curse. So we thank you, Father for that impartation, Father, and opening up the eyes of his understanding and flooding his heart with light. Whew. Wow, thank you, Father. Thank you for the impartation to Ron, Lord God, to his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, Lord God, and down the line, you have given him long life, Lord God, to bring and to bring that change that he broke those, those curses of any kind because he received you as Lord and Savior and got filled with the Spirit. So thank you, Father, for that impartation in him right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 
thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father, <laughs> for that good father and the fruit that I see in children, Lord God, and his children, Lord God. I thank you. I thank you, Father, that it will continue and will be even taught to other fathers as, we, as, as I know that he's filled with the Lord God, that you would give him, you would give him courage and knowing that so many people need to know what he knows and what the Lord has shown him to be a father. So, Father, I thank you for that impartation to go down the line ooh, in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for the love that, that this father has for his children. And, Lord God, that, that, that it would be imparted to, to uh, Brian as he comes home, to Megan, Lord God, and to the future to his grandchildren, Lord God. So, Father, I, this I impart to you the covenant of God, the covenant to do that in Jesus' name. generational curses that because you know of your past and yeah. and and say that prayer so father uh, we we just impart that covenant with god that he has now to go down to his children in the name of jesus amen so i thank you lord that yes thank you father that he you're a good father but yes and i know you've got you know you've got born again spirit filled now and and to break all that generational curse that you had to go through yes and that it will go down to your children lord god and that that your mouth would speak the word
word of God to them and over them because the Father's place is so, so important. So, Father, I impart that to him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Okay. Okay. Well, Kenny, you got children, grandchildren, and probably great-grandchildren coming up. So, Father, I thank you for that impartation to Kenny to speak the word of God, to speak it, and to be bold, give him a spirit of boldness in his tongue to speak to his children because the time is short, Lord God, and break every one of those generational curses in Jesus' name. for that impartation. Ooh, that's good. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus. So, yes. So, Father, I thank you, Father, for an impartation and a boldness to go to even both of his children and to those little grandkids, Lord God, and to bring and break all those generational curses that have tried to come into all of our children. Ha, 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 ha. So, Father, thank you for that impartation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So, yeah. so, Father, I thank you for my own precious husband, Lord God, that all that hurt and wounds from your past would be healed in you, that you might truly know and bring that impartation to your, and you have, to your own family, Lord God, have broken the curse. Poof. Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, okay, I need a hand. Thank you. Okay, well, we have, uh, I guess, um, we have, well, we have gifts out there that you can, you can get and but okay ushers uh, where are the gift certificates the gift certificates yeah uh huh so besides the stuff out there uh, we have a gift certificate to you to I think it's the Dairy Queen <laughs> I didn't even know where they were and so we're having lunch. So you all stay. Us ladies can't eat though. It's just for the fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you all come. <laughs>